Welcome to the Wrestling Journalist, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Gino, I read some comments from one of our, our episodes. I think it was episode 15. I don't know if that was two episodes ago. I don't know if that was when we went into like the gay representation episode. People on YouTube, or at least one person, did not like it. Tried to say we were Nazis in Germany, or at least one of us was. And I don't know. I've never rounded up anyone to murder them. So I don't know where this person... I don't know why people think it's like... Because that's the illusion is always choose kindness. And it's like, well, I'm not being... I'm not trying to be rude. But I'm just trying to I'm trying to state my opinions and like what I'm seeing happening. And they look at it as, no, you're trying to put people in gas chambers. Like, what? When did I say that? Did you say none of us said that, Gino? But let's hop right into the important shit. You just said I mean, you just tried to drop some bombs because we talk niche wrestling on here. Glenn Beck doesn't like when we say the word niche. He says we say niche too much. But everyone else talks about WWE. Everyone else talks about AEW. Everyone else talks about New Japan. Who is out there talking about GCW? Do you know what are these GCW headlines? What happened? All right, the big thing that happened this past weekend on Friday night around the same time as SmackDown, because I, I could not watch SmackDown. I had to watch GCW. I was like, at least I want to watch something that makes me feel like I'm going to watch a murder. I'm going to watch some fucking hardcore shit just to make me be feeling better about this garbage that he gives us. And we had Masha Slavish versus Nick Gage, one of the best fucking GCW time matches I've ever <laughs> now, seen. Now, Lockheed Nick Black Gage says GCW lost. sucks penis. He doesn't know what he's talking about, Gino. Just press on. Yes, he doesn't understand like how big of a deal Masha Savage being the fuck out of Nick Gage and being the GCW champion means to wrestling right now. That Masha is the GCW champion right now. I, GCW has fallen off a cliff for me. I don't know what happened. Like it does feel like there. It had a moment. Like there was a, there was some buzz when Mox was doing a lot of work there, and Janella was like being you know, uh, what was it exercised from. AEW, so he went to GCW. Like there was some buzz going on in GCW that made people want to check it out. That's all gone now. I, I don't think anybody's interested in GCW like they were just a year ago, even. Like when AEW, like I don't know if it's WrestleMania. See, maybe it's Impact picking up its the workload. Impact has been really good this past couple, like this past year. The Josh Alexander era has killed GCW for me because I. Even somebody like the Briscoes, where you'd want to see some of these these different tag teams, there really isn't like a. I'm, there's nothing drawing me to GCW anymore. They don't have Matt Cardona. Like I think that was a huge era for them that they're that's probably going to be overlooked. But I think we are missing. I, I don't know. GCW kind of sucks now. Matt Cardona is still there. What are you talking about? You get you don't watch the show. You don't watch Proc. You don't know what no he's need. still going on. He's still one of the best. He's not the champion. Yes, he's not as big of a deal. But we do have some big stuff happening. Like, and we have blood sport. We don't know what we're going to do with the John Moxley situation because Davey Richards retired. So we don't know if we're going to have a match still going on there. But we still will have an amazing dream match that I'm excited for. Our blood sport being Mike Bailey versus Kota Bush since Kota is finally free of New Japan. He's going to be working here in the States during WrestleMania week. Uh, I don't know. It's still... It's still like you even said, Matt Cardona's there. He's not making headlines like he was last time, like during the, the GCW Universal Championship run. Like all of that stuff is gone. There's no there's no real urgency. Or, it's like NWA. I don't have any interest in watching EC3 be the top guy in NWA. Him and Tyrus, a feud from the worst era of TNA, is now being carried over onto NWA, like a show you need to pay to watch. Like, it's just not like niche wrestling was doing so well for a while there. Remember the pandemic? Remember 2020 when we had Thunderdome WWE? So we were just 
we were desperate for anything. We were desperate for NWA, desperate for some Impact Wrestling, desperate for GCW. We were all hoping Lucha Underground was going to make a return. So there was all this like interest, and we need more and more wrestling. Now with WWE giving us like the three brands that we have, AEW giving us the two, well, the four shows that they have, the fifth one on its way, uh, Impact doing a great job with with its weekly show. Dude, there's going to be a live Impact next week, did you, or the 30th? That blew my mind. I was like, whoa. Thank you, Ricardo. And apparently it's just going to be like a like a live like studio show. Like Tom Hannafin's going to be there just interviewing people, I guess, and they're going to show highlights to bump you up for the multiverse of matches since it's the last show before WrestleMania. But, yeah, like there's just so – like the content that we have right now has – real like even – Dude, a St. Patrick's Day spell. So I – thank you, Taka. I, I think that if you had to break it down, I, I'm definitely it's like seeing like impact is like a, kind of my first go to then AEW, then WWE. Well, not even all of AEW dynamite. I'm not watching rampage. I'm not watching dark. So it's really like, do I have enough interest in any other wrestling companies other than what I would name the big three? Well, I'd say in all honesty, fight networks whole well fight tv's whole fight plus is absolutely worth it i have not paid for it just yet i'm waiting for like wrestlemania weekend <laughs> and have it. the whole free trial because i don't have the money right now again when i have the money next week for wrestlemania weekend especially with the whole free trial i can be watch gcw the entire collective for just eight dollars i think perfect deal anyone is a dummy not to go for eight dollars for all the gcw catalog and the entire live events they're gonna have their wrestlemania week i don't know dude i don't think i, I just no need no interest gcw like as much as I love Impact, GCW, as much as I love Beyond Wrestling, there's just nothing about like paying eight bucks to watch extra wrestling when there's so much free wrestling on right now. Like there's just between the WWE, between the AEWs, and between the Impacts, it's like we have. I mean, just to add that up. What Raw's three hours, SmackDown's two, five hours, NXT another, so seven hours of just WWE, and then you go another. So what did I just say? Seven hours, then you have nine hours, including Impact. Ten hours if you watch BTI. And then there's another, like, six hours of AEW content every week. You have 16 hours of wrestling that you're not paying $8 for. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's worth paying. I guess if you're going to binge, then absolutely. Like, when people ask about Ultimate Insiders, like, if you don't watch Impact every week, it's still worth it for the binge factor. Like, if you have a weekend where you know you're just going to watch wrestling – Five bucks is perfect. I mean, it's like it's like renting a movie from Apple TV. So I, I, I'm highly recommending it. But I can't imagine myself like wanting to watch. I'm not going to pay more for GCW than I do for Impact. Impact's better. And Impact is better, but we also got to go with Impact Plus as well because if you want more of like the weekly shows from the past, you do have to go with Impact Plus. So I feel like that's a little bit extra money. That's worth it as well. Impact Plus, Fight Plus, and Impact Ultimate Insects is absolutely worth it. Deal after deal after deal. You don't need Peacock. Save your money. One thing I was noticing about this, like the difference between WWE and every other wrestling show at this point, because Dynamite does this really well and Impact does this too. Right before the main event, they tell you why you need to watch next week. What what when did that become such a lost art in WWE? Is it because they're booking the shows the the day of? Like they don't know what they're Malachi doing until Black they get says there. Gino trying to turn into Don West. Oh, you got you need to get GCW. Oh, it's only eight dollars. Eight. Uh, that's two trips to Starbucks. You're gonna not want to miss GCW this week and all the content that you get. It's gonna be outstanding. Uh, 
where, where, where did that go wrong? Like, because WWE used to do that. I think it used to say like next week on SmackDown or next week on Raw, we're gonna have this. I watch Impact Wrestling. One of the best parts of the show is when they're hyping you up for next week, and you're like, Brian Myers and Moose are taking on uh, Joe Hendry and, and and Dirty Dango, and they're playing the We on the Night instrumental. Like, just the buildup, it reminds you, like, hey, this shit happens every week. You cannot miss next week. When do you? Why do you think WWE does it? Is it because they go for like spontaneity? They want it to be a spontaneous event. Like what? Why does WWE not do the same thing of like next week on Dynamite? Like why don't they do that? Well, I think one thing is a spontaneity, and also the other is they do live events. So they don't know if possible because again, anything could happen during those live shows. They do throughout the week. A wrestler could get injured. They book it for the show. They're like, oh, they're gonna be on next week. Then they get hurt. They're not on next week. So then you're end up being like oh you're a liar WWE. we don't want to be present like a falsehood and be like oh you're spain switch you've told us this happened. it's not gonna happen so again at least with impact we tape ahead of time you already know okay this match is gonna happen because it was already taped with with aw you have a whole week with nothing nobody works any other shows unless they are contractually obligated to from under independence but they don't have to so again they're perfectly fine they're not gonna deal with any injuries WWE has to deal with injuries but even if there's injuries, that's okay. Like you could say, like this weekend at a live event, because then that also makes people realize now we're selling live. Now we're selling live events. Now we're telling people, oh, you can go watch matches on the weekends. This, you know, the, uh, this guy just got injured because he was in a match, and then you can use that to build the storyline. Like there, they used to be able to like just live events were were exciting, and like I don't even know live events are happening anymore. So when Bruce Pritchard's on his show saying that live events are coming back and that's going to be... Thank you so much, B2. A 24-month subscriber, two years on Trovo. That is fantastic. Um, You get the shirt. You get the buttons. You get this Jeff Jarrett autographed guitar. You don't want to miss out on this. There's only 11 of these in the warehouse left. Do not be without a Jeff Jarrett autographed guitar. Uh, So that's what I don't understand with... um, like live events should be important. You should be able to push some stuff for your live events and make people want to at least go to those fucking things. Cause like, I used to go, I've been to live. Have you ever been to a house show, Gino? Not a day house show. No. Yeah. I've been I, like, I went to a house show and it was fantastic. We had a really good time. We saw Rob Conway. We thought that was great. Um, we, it was like Rob Conway versus Eugene was legit. A very fun match for us. I was very excited to see that match. Um, but, yeah, looking back at it now, it's like even with the promotion, they didn't even do promotion for that, really. It's not like they hyped the crowd up like on like watching Raw the week before. Like, hey, San Bernardino, we're going to be in, you know, we're going to be in San, we're going to be in your town this Saturday night. If you want to see John Cena defend his championship against Kurt Angle, make sure you buy your tickets at, you know, WWETicks.com. Like, why don't. It's such a simple thing. And I understand what you're saying. Like, B2 well, says, I love the Don West Brown bag deal. Got two of them. Oh, God. He got two of them. You, you got to get this deal. I mean, if you if you like uh, Eddie Edwards, do not let anyone else beat you to this deal. He, he did create that urgency, Gino. I'm in sales now. You you have to create urgency. So, like, but with, I guess I, I agree with what you're saying a little bit. Like, oh, well, you know, if somebody gets hurt. But you can still, and I don't think it's just because they have a, a pre-taped show that they're able to do this. Like AEW does this too, and they do it really well. Look at Deanna in this picture, dude. This is when was this photo taken? Must have been recently, especially with we have Savannah Evans in more recent attire. This is the most recent picture we have of Deanna. Deanna looks awesome. And-
Moose and Brian Myers team up to get a little revenge on Joe Hendry and the team with Dirty Dan. Look at that chant. We love Impact. We love Impact. What a chant. And then this, like, this just gets me. This is my favorite part of the show is what's happening next week. Before Time Machine competes and sacrifice next week here on Access TV, they will face the design. That is next week, but still to come here tonight on Access TV immediately following. Like, it's just a, it's such a simple idea. Right before your main event, let people know, like, hey, next week we have some better shit, too. Like, you're, you're about to see an awesome main event. This shit keeps going every week. Do not miss a single episode of Impact Wrestling. That's what's good. They know what they're doing, especially because again, they taped this ahead of time. They already booked this whole show in advance. Just like we already know on the Fallout show, we're going to have an amazing women's match that I'm really fucking hyped for. They're taping some great fucking shit no matter what they're doing. He hate me says, and we now portion. enter the championship portion of our program. <laughs> and we now enter the championship portion of our program. Gosh, do you, do you miss Matt Stryker at all? I miss Dilo. You would always say Matt Stryker is not the worst. And like every time I listen, I watch some of the old Impact events where he was the guy. It is so bad. Like I remember, I was getting sour on Impact for a while, and it was during the Matt Striker era. Tilo was fantastic, but having fucking uh, Matt Striker, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo just signed the biggest deal in Athletics history. You got to imagine a guy like Moose is motivated by the dollars. Like what the fuck? No one cares. No one watching Malachi Impact. Malachi Black says Matt Stryker is the fucking no worst. No one watching Impact cares about Cristiano Ronaldo's contract. And Moose probably didn't even know what happened. I care about pop culture, but I feel the person who's the worst, even when it was pre-recorded, everything was set up for him, Vampira was worse than Matt Stryker. Really? You weren't a fan of let's riding with El Rey? You didn't like Vampiro next to Matt Stryker on Lucha Underground? Matt Stryker sounded a lot better next to Vampire. That was the only thing I liked about Vampire. Vampire is all about bro, bro. He was he really like he wanted to be short form with everything about the matches. When Matt Stryker was really caring about the matches, it felt like. But in but the don't early days. but don't you think that Vampiro's role was to be that way? Wasn't like because the whole vibe of that show of Lucha Underground was, uh, it, like was supposed to be underground. It was just supposed to be some like Latino influence, like just kind of this. Oh, it's it's. It's like a show you'd go to, on, like on any weekend in the barrio. Like it's just some lucha libre show. You're all just watching it. To, like you're just happy to be here. That's this kind of show. Uh, I don't know. I thought he did well in that role. I guess I don't remember it being under. Like it wasn't as cringeworthy as as Matt Stryker, right? I wouldn't say it's as cringeworthy, but we're trying to also build up throughout first season is like, who is the guy who's like the mentor of Penta? Who's the guy behind Penta that's making him get better? And it's Vampiro who on commentary is not that interested in even trying to push Penta on commentary where Matt Stryker is. Matt Stryker's doing a better job of pushing this whole storyline than Vampiro was. Okay, and maybe you're right. Maybe like, well, that's another thing. You can imagine Matt Stryker's like the tool corporate guy. And then you have Vampiro, Vampiro, who's a lot more like, brother, when I was in the biz, it was way fucking harder than this, man. Like, I could see him being, like, he could take a lot of pride. I don't know. I just pulled up a match. This is Mil Muertes versus Ivelisse. 2016, that's probably, maybe this is, I mean, this sounds like it was season, like, not season one. Like, 2016 was not season one, was it? I, I was living in California when the show was on. Maybe it's just, maybe it was uploaded later on, but this seems like season one shit. I just want to see her commentary. She's by herself with this mountain of fear and death. 
talking about a smaller, quicker opponent against a much larger, stronger. <laughs> I already hate Matt Stryker. I don't know. I think I, I think he worked pretty well in that. He was just he was he was the silly Latino guy next to. Well, he's like French or some shit. He's like a fake Mexican. He's like Lita, um, and it, like I th- I thought he did well on that show because I never l- l- listened. Like when they said uh, Matt Striker and Vampiro, I wasn't like, oh, what a great commentary team. I thought, what a great idea because this is supposed to be – this is not supposed to be WWE, not AEW, not Impact. This is supposed to be some shady underground business, some fight club. And Vampiro's perfect because he has that Mexican wrestling lineage. Now, I agree. Maybe that storyline with Penta was kind of out of nowhere because it wasn't like in week one they were kind of teasing that Vampiro was with Pentagon Jr. Like it really was like, – because uh, we all listen to Taco Jericho every single week. This uh, – this, the Wrestling Journalist is actually brought to you by Talk is Jericho. We're part of the Jericho Network on Westwood One. And I remember like Vampiro telling some stories about Lucha Underground and how they didn't know who was going to fight Pentagon. They had nobody for Ultima Lucha. And Vampiro was kind of saying, I'll, I'll fight him. He just, if you're looking for a fella to fight him, I'll fight him. So I thought that made sense. Just plug him in. And maybe you're right. Maybe the commentary wasn't on point for like, how could I build this storyline with Penta? But I feel like just during every regular match, I think he did pretty well. For the matches, he did do well. Part of me just was like, I wanted Dario on commentary. Dario, I think, should have been the best part. He should have been on the show the entire time. Dario Cueto is the best fucking commentator, the best part of Lucha Underground. But he's and- also in the office, though. You don't want, like, wouldn't that ruin the mystique of Dario Cueto if he was always on the microphone in character? Because he's also not, he, that guy's not a wrestling personality. Like, he is an actor. So he would like he would need a script for every single thing that happened. He wouldn't be like Vampito talking about she's like a Volkswagen running into a fucking train, bro. I know, but that's what will make it more entertaining. I feel like they should just double down, have Dari be like, you know what? Even though I'm in the office, I'm watching this through my office. I'm gonna show you just how bad these fucking guedos are that they don't deserve this special opportunity. Oh, Gino's vacuum has been a subscriber for two months. Thank you so much. Um so I, I have a question, uh, Gino. Let's move away from Lucha Underground. Let's move away from the niche for a second. Um, although I want to leave up Mil Mortes behind us. I think it's a great backdrop. Um, Seamus sent out a tweet, all right? Now, I'm sure everybody's talked about this. It's from a few days ago. Uh, Seamus makes a bold claim. Um, he will headline night one of the shows. It's going to be Seamus versus, uh, Seamus versus McIntyre versus Gunther. For the IC title in the main event of night one, is he bitten? Is he gooning? Or is that the perfect main event for night one? You have Drew McIntyre, who has main evented at WrestleMania. You have Sheamus, who's kind of main evented at WrestleMania. He had the, the match with D-Bry to open a WrestleMania for the title. Uh, Gunther is somebody that, that they clearly see a huge future with. They gave him that spot in the Royal Rumble where he was in the final two. Is there any chance in hell this goes on last no, I think he's saying headline, just like when Triple H says main event. This is a main right. event match, but the real main event that is announced is the main event. The last match is Charlotte versus Rhea. That's, and that's on night one. Night one's Because you, you said this last year. You said it should be women's Royal Rumble's night one, men's Royal Rumble is night two. So they're going to stick to that tradition, it seems. But isn't that just – when I read that, I thought that was so funny. Like, 
What a weird main event that would be. But you're he is using it in WWE terms because when him and Daniel Bryan had their title match, they were both teasing. They were both talking about it in interviews as a main event. And you're right. And and which WrestleMania ruined that? Was it WrestleMania 18? Because Rock and Hogan was the main event, but that match didn't go on last. And then I remember WrestleMania 19, they even said, like, a quadruple main event. And it was, like, Booker and Triple H, Kurt and uh, Kurt and Brock, uh, Vince and Hogan, and um, what was the – oh, Rock and Austin. And then Sean and, and Jer- Jericho was like, no, we were the main event. So it's like, oh, it's a, fi- a quintuple main event. So th- that whole phrase, main event, can mean so many different things now, right? I mean, it's ever been said ever since fucking WCW. We had the Kiss Demon in their main event. I feel Kiss Demon's main event was the reason why main event means absolutely nothing unless you're the actual last match on the card. Well, how about WWE main events? Like, <laughs> it's just they even have a whole show that's dedicated to jobbers. Malachi Black says Vlitis vs Gino main event night book. Oh, it's gonna be amazing, Gino. And yeah, like that's that's exactly like. Like that WWE main event is just so much. They've completely degraded what what that term means, main event, because it's it's just everything. Everything's main event, which when you think about it, yeah, the last match should be the main event, or you can even have a main event. Put that shit on. Thank you, Ghostface has grit. Like you can have like other matches after your main attraction, like. I was a big fan of how they would do Saturday night's main events. They would uh, front load the card because it's on NBC. So you'd put the very the very main event would be first. Like, let's fucking launch this shit with some wrestling. And then it would kind of go into, hey, if you're still re- if you're still watching, this is for the U.S. title. But what a great idea on how to do those shows. Um, so, okay, good. You, you've, you've brought me back down to earth. Sheamus was just kind of bitten, okay? It's not going to be... It's not going to be him in the main event of WrestleMania night one. We have our ladies championship match with his real a baby face. Like what are they kind of watching that match with Bailey? Was she kind of working baby face last night? Yes. Rhea is the baby face of the heel group judgment day. Isn't that weird? Why did that happen? Is it because they know we're going to boo Charlotte? So they just thought let's make Rhea a baby face again. Or is it because mommy was getting over? So they want to just, okay, we'll lean into it for mania. We're going to have her go baby face. Is this a, why didn't she just fight Bianca? Why did we do this? Because we need to finish the story of Charlotte versus Rhea. We have had all this time for us to finish this story. Then we'll finish the Bianca and Rhea story later. Katrina is certainly enjoying this. Now, Ivalice has a mixed martial arts background, an MMA background. Anyone that is into jujitsu, Krav Maga, anything like that, they know how small their opponents can fare. But Let's not forget, earlier in the night, that lower back was softened up by Son of Havoc. Neil has been watching all night from his throne. Lower back, maybe her leg, who knows? She could have the <laughs> MMA background, but she's up against Mir Muertes, a thousand deaths. Come on, man. I kind of like that. Like, Matt Stryker talked for seven minutes about who gives a fuck, and he's like, it could be a leg, a back. She's fighting Mil Muertes. What are you talking about, Matt? She's in big trouble, Vato. I'm in it, dude. I think that's awesome. Matt Stryker was the best part of that because he was building up the whole reason why Ivalice is getting through to all this. She's toughing it out. Says, she is a superhuman. Why is nobody talking about Keith Lee and his Count Chocola gimmick? Yeah, his hair. What, what's happening here? I also saw, I would only do to you, Charlotte, what you would do to me. Ghostface has grit. Thank you so much. 
Uh, I, I'm loving this Vampiro on this commentary now because Matt Stryker does this. MMA background. Who gives a fuck? She's fighting Mil Muertes. Who cares about a Kimura? I care about the MMA background. They're trying to be like maybe the smaller fighter could beat the Thousand Deaths, be stronger than a Thousand Deaths, and this is her big moment. No, she can't. Son of Havoc attacked her because he's a piece of shit. No one likes Son of Havoc. I'm all for it. I hope she pulls it off. I really do, but I don't see it. <laughs> It's got rules. It's gonna take a hell of a lot more than the chance of the believers, bro. Yeah, the believers ain't gonna do shit, bro. Hey, listen, one title has changed hands tonight. Anything can happen here in the temple. Oh, this is awesome! Unbelievable. <laughs> Honest to God. Sorry, podcasters. That was Mil Muertes versus Ivalice. It's on YouTube. Highly recommend watching it. Uh, Azteca Underground didn't live up to the hype, did it, Gio? Nope, and that's why that's dead. MLF Fusion exists, and the other MLW show exists until it doesn't now because of Peacock. Again, who? It's uh, MLW is slowly dying, but it still has a great roster, and they shouldn't die. Just, I don't think it's. Hopefully, dying. they'll find their footing, stay on Vice, and make their fucking money. Do you think it's slowly dying? Do you think the whole reels deal and them not being able to get on Peacock? Do you think that's a huge problem because they have that pro wrestling TV deal? Um, I think that there's still a lot of hope for them. I don't think that there's – like, I don't think there's going to be any – I think it's fine. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, that would have been great if they were on the same thing as WWE because then there might be some spillover into, hey, we're – like, also, if you are WWE, MLW is on Vice. Like, you got to say fuck Vice, right? Vice is probably the worst thing for WWE. Thank you, he hate me. Oh, thank you, uh, Genos Vacuum says Lucha Underground's free on Roku. Love it. Yeah, it's fun to go back and rewatch it. Although that ring is super bouncy every time I go back and watch it. Sniper Man in the chat, what did y'all think of Wrestling Society X? I, w I really wanted to like it. I, that was how every time I think about Wrestling Society X, I wanted to like it. I wanted to like It's like Lucha Underground. It's like this weird wrestling setting. It's underground and it's. You know, kind of this hidden like fight club that we're trying to do. I think this. I think the explosions were the problem because they wanted to create this illusion that it was ultra violent, but it looked so cartoony at the same time. I felt it was very entertaining from top to bottom. Like even like some of the tag teams we got to see, we had basically uh, what was Age of the Fall, but changed definitely with Jimmy Jacobs and Seth Rollins. Tyler Black, and them in this new group. We had Joey Ryan before he was too sleazy. He was just an 80s guy, 70s guy. We had all this like great character work as well that did like add up to a maybe cartoony to you, but I felt like it was still entertaining from top to bottom. Yeah, I don't know. Every time I go back and try and 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 watch some wrestling society acts, I like they were trying to take some of the stuff from ECW, obviously, with like the barbed wire, and they wanted it to, like it's underground fight club. Like, it's got to be extreme. It's got to be intense. But when I go back and watch it, it also looks like obviously Sean Waltman, and X Pac was kind of the main guy, or at least from what I remember, from a lot of the matches I saw, like him. Thank you, Gino's vacuum. And I guess also like Mil Mortes, because wasn't he there? Ricky Banderas, he was a big part of Wrestling hey, Society X. An Alexa bomb, a dragon GG, or yeah, a dragon GG. Um, let's take a look. Let's see what. Let's see what I remember. Yeah, like the explosions and the camera shake, like all of that stuff seems so fake. It was on MTV. It was only a half hour wrestling show, which I always imagine a half hour wrestling show working. 
I don't know why it never works. Like, remember Saturday Morning Slam? Then that that was a half hour. Like, I imagine a show with like having one match on it or two matches is perfect for like today's television audience. They're just they're kind of looking at their phones anyway. They're not actually watching what's happening. So if you put a half hour wrestling show on, like I, I feel like it would work. It would be better than a three hour because. Thank you. So, and especially, especially raw. When you hit that commercial break, there's and there's no restaurant quality picture in picture, and the match is just. I'm I'm just supposed to believe the match is happening, and I don't get to see it. Like I like I that that's such a huge miss for me in today's wrestling. So if you do a like uh, if you put a half hour show together and you give me a restaurant quality picture in picture, I imagine that working a lot in today's wrestling world. I and mean, I also feel like the in all honesty, an hour long show like Impact Wrestling back in the day, Tower TNA's fucking hour sure. adrenaline rush. I feel that works perfectly. That worked perfectly then. It could work perfectly now. Rampage is just garbage and it's not absolutely worth it, especially because it's after two hours of SmackDown and normally wrestling fans will watch both fucking shows. So it's absolutely worthless. You need to have it just an hour by yourself and it could be just perfect if you know how to book the show right. And I feel Rest Society X did a great job with what they had for thirty minutes. Do you think and do you think the the timer on uh TNA impact those first couple episodes on Fox Sports, do you think that helped it? Because let me let me just ask, do you think it helped it? No, that did not help it, I don't feel like. Because then people are like, oh, now we know how long this match could be, and it just ends. I feel like it did, because whenever you tell the re- – because we went to a wrestling show. We went to that Wrestling Cares event, me, Danny, and Kevin. When we went to that, all the matches were 10-minute Iron Man matches, which is it got kind of stupid towards the end of the night. But it also forced the wrestlers to work really fast, which was kind of it, – it made sense with the X Division. It made sense with an hour-long television show. And I remember when WWE tried to do that whole let's do every match two out of three falls so that way we can go to commercial after the first fall. So it's like hey, it's one nothing. They wanted it to have like a score. Thank you, Dope J. Like they wanted there to be a scoreboard, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's one nothing. Don't you need to come back to see if Rey Mysterio can come back against Andrade? But when you're doing these ten minute matches with the timer on top, you can kind of get a feel like, okay, they have to wrestle fast because this match is going to be over in ten minutes. So, and there were more draws. I, I feel like that was. I, I think that worked. I know Samoa Joe hated. This was after the time limit era when they would announce this match is a 15 minute time limit because then he would say we never announced the time limit. So now that you're announcing it, everybody knows this match is going to have something something with the time limits going to be involved. You know what I mean? Like that's you're giving away the finish already by just admitting there's a time limit to this one match. The other nine matches you've seen tonight, no time limit. This one time limit, you know. Oh, yeah, Teddy Hart was in this too, huh? There was a lot of great wrestlers here. It was awesome. Yeah, X-Pac. Amazing Red. Tyler Black. Seth Rollins. Oh, Teddy Hart. Oh, Teddy Hart again. Is that Akira Tozawa? That was Sima. <laughs> it should have been so cool. Oh, see, like that. Like, that spot was awesome, but you don't need to have the fireworks and the glitter. Like, this is – there's no need for that that moment. So, for the podcasters, we just saw a side suplex off the ring apron into, like, a coffin with with barbed wire spread across the whole thing. It looked 
Her- it looked horrific. Oh my god! Like it looked. Hey, wow. Thank you so much, Jr. Ramrod. It looked horrific. So why, like, now they add these explosions and sparklers to it, and it takes away from like what would have just been a grueling spot of of somebody landing on barbed wire. But it looks like these two could be dead. You don't know who's going to come out of this unscathed. If anyone ever will come out of this moment unscathed being exploded on. You have two fucking guys exploding. An explosion happens in front of everybody here. Are we supposed to cheer? We just watched two men explode. What the fuck? And then you tune in next week and, and both of them are fine. Nothing ever happened to them. The fuck? See, I think that's exactly what Jim is saying during this thing. If you just have pe- – thank you so much, Gino's Vacuum, J.R. Ramrod, and Dope J. I'm assuming as soon as they hit that barbed wire, like night, One Night Stand 2006 where, uh, where Mick Foley and Terry Funk go into that barbed wire, and they're just laying there. Oh, oh my God. Like they're laying there. You, like that moment is so awesome because it's these two friends who are also foes are laying in the barbed wire together. They're in pain. They here we are again. There's no gimmicky explosions. It's just a perfect moment between these two old hardcore legends. And when you when you have a moment where it's very similar here in Wrestling Society X, but you add all these explosions and sparklers and the camera shakes, it all becomes so stupid. It becomes more entertaining and more deathmatch for you. Fuck ECW. It's dead now. We have to move on. Thank you, Gino's vacuum. Oh, another explosion off the ladder. Just incredible. <laughs> like, maybe it's the camera work. Maybe that made it way worse now that I'm watching. Because I kind of agree with you. Like, it makes it more deathmatch feel. But when you're watching, you know, uh, well, oh gosh, the, the the wrestling Onita's promotion. What's the really gruesome one? FMW. When you're watching FMW, like the camera isn't doing this gimmicky like wobble movement because it it's just whoa, like like it's it's like watching Nickelodeon, like watching Double Dare. Whoa, who's gonna win? Is it the red team or the blue team? Like, it looks so shitty when they're doing that wobble. Because this just this still image, this looks fucking crazy. Like, whoa, a tombstone into the casket. But, again, I, like, I'm Jim Cornette. The way this whole thing was shot and directed. and He's going through a fucking casket. And now it's blowing up? That makes no fucking sense. I think it doesn't make sense, you know. I think it makes perfect sense. There's pressure plates. They had a fucking entire explosion rigged up for this coffin just to make sure the dead stay dead. I don't know, Gino. Let me. And is the, and this guy's clearly doing a Joey Styles, right? Like that's. He hate me says the camera wobble takes away from the awesomeness, makes it look cartoony. Yeah, it makes it look so cartoony, so pre-scripted, so. Like, just, like, not a wrestling It becomes a stunt show. It becomes a movie. It becomes Two Guns, which is an awesome movie, Gino. Two Guns. Gino, I just watched this movie called Dragged Across Concrete. Have you ever heard of that or seen it? I have not heard or seen this movie, Dragged Across Concrete. What's it about? Dude, I was so shocked. So I was, I was last night, uh, yesterday, I went home from work. I was laying on my bed on an ice pack. I was having vertigo issues. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm on Netflix. Netflix is the hardest thing to find anything to watch. And I, I just landed on the – so like every other uh, – what did that person call me on YouTube? Every other bigot, I, I was I saw Mel Gibson in a movie, and I thought, I want to watch it. So I clicked on it, 
And I was just watching this Mel Gibson movie. Uh, it had the black dude from Sons of Anarchy. It had Vince Vaughn. It had Jennifer Carpenter from Dexter. It had this strange. It had Don Johnson, uh, Michael Jai White, and this like strange cast of characters of people that I've seen in other works of uh, of film. And it's a two hour and forty minute movie. Now I did not know that when I hit play. And it's also one of those low budget action movies where. The way it was shot was kind of like there's this scene. It's incredible where these guys are carrying like these four bags of gold. Right. So all they do is they set the camera like right here. Right. They set it down and then they tell the actors who are like 10 feet away. OK, go pick up the bags and move them from that place to that place. And they move all the bags like we get to watch these two men carry two bags each. They're heavy ass bags. Mel Gibson got shot or some shit. So he's limping. And we have to watch them carry every bag. And it was like this five-minute bag-carrying scene that, like, you know if this was like a Hollywood production, they would definitely tell them, how about we just cut to them, put like, on the last bag? Okay, that's all of them. We got all the bags. Like, it would just be a way faster scene. This movie was incredible, Gino. You got to watch it. It's, if you have three hours, I would recommend Dragged Across Concrete. Do you think there's a trailer online? I'm sure there's a trailer online, but you know, watching a movie for three hours, the only film that I would watch for three hours is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought that was a classic film, absolutely worth watching, no matter how long it is. Oh my gosh, it's so funny because I'm even seeing like there's reviews to it. People are making like explanation videos because it it's one of those indie films that I think people they think it's more meta than it is. Like it's not it's not a meta movie. Okay, we can settle down. It's not that deep, but I think people are gonna. There, this is going to be how you watched. What was that? You watched Velma. Like you were like, why? Who made this? Why did they make this? Like this movie is fucking classic, dude. See, this is a great example. Like quiet, just chewing. Just long ass scene. A single red ant could have eaten it faster. And then, You're losing perspective and compassion. Oh, it makes so much sense. I saw the Lionsgate logo. Lionsgate makes these kind of movies. They they, they have actors that like they'll be like 50 and you're like, is that person in anything? It's like, no, they just they kind of look like Johnny Depp. So they've had a career of being in action movies because they kind of look like Johnny Depp. They've just been in 85 different straight to DVD Lionsgate movies. But this is Don Johnson. He was on Miami Vice. He was in Django Unchained. Gino. He's been in some movies. There's a reason I'm sitting behind this desk running things. And you're out there with a partner that's 20 years younger than you. Hey, Anthony's got a mouth with his own engine, but he's solid. I'm thinking about the kind of future I can offer my girlfriend. Pops is a yesterday who ain't worth words. Good heavens and praise be to him. Your absence was a weight upon us. This guy is terrible, by the way. This owner of the bank? I... I don't know why. Like you, you heard him say it right there, Gino. He, for, like when he read the script, he must have just said, "Can I be anything I want?" Because I'm gonna have like a weird English accent and act like I read. I read every moment of my life. I'm sure this is a great character, just like Jennifer Carpenter. I think is the best character in the entire film because she's a great performer. Dude, you okay? I you would love like her character has the saddest thing in the whole movie. She's she is in this movie, Gino, for not very long, and they literally. Her character is just to make you feel bad. There's nothing else about her character. It's just such a sad, like, 
come up and come down. Like, it is so awful what happens to her. And this movie, it's an independent action movie starring Mel Gibson in 2019, okay? Like, you have to know that this is just going to be a bizarre, off-the-wall movie. And the way they use her character is very bizarre. Wait upon us. Thank you, Mr. Edmonton. I don't like doing things with so many question marks everywhere. Oh, Gino. There's a lot of imbeciles out there. Oh, is it from the guy that did Tomahawk? Because Vince Vaughn was in that uh, Cell Block 99 movie. So maybe this is the new thing. Like, we're making these weird action movies with this ultra violence and really weird camera angles, and the way that it's shot is is unique. Um, Mel Gibson also says he's 59 years old in this movie. Is he 59, Gino? I don't think he's 59 at all, man. I don't know how old he is, but he's an old man. He's probably 60. I like these action stars that are still doing these action movies, and his he has like a daughter who's thirteen. You know, it's like what? I'm like, like you started kind of late there, or what? Uh, Tomahawk, maybe it was. I think it was Bone Tomahawk. You're right, Ricardo. That movie was. I never watched Bone Tomahawk, but I watched Cell Block, and he like will stomp ahead until the skull is completely cracked, and they'll show like a completely cracked skull. <laughs> Mel Gibson. Start the party. Vince Vaughn. This is a bad idea. Tori Kittles. It's all kind of candy. Oh, everybody has catchphrases like that. Like Vince Vaughn always says, anchovies. Like that's whenever, wherever anything bad happens, he's anchovies. He's always pissed. So that's uh, the other guy, uh, the black dude from Sons of Anarchy always goes, it's all cotton candy. Like they always, they all have these little like catchphrases. It's fantastic. the skills and the right to acquire proper compensation dude this movie is sick you know I, I don't know why i never even like heard of it like it's just it's this silly out of nowhere i was just on netflix and i scrolled across it is this how to find movies now you just mel gibson i'm in it and you just find something that seems interesting like to me a movie that came out very recently i was like the concept seems interesting and that was uh, infinity pool hey, where like rich people like make clothes themselves they see those clothes get killed and kill themselves so it like makes the rich like the whole f kill the rich feed the rich eat the rich the whole concept like just the rich people are pieces of shit and then you get to see just how manipulated how just fucking bad it gets you wonder like is this the real person is the clone of them that they paid so much money for it's a very intriguing dark horror film that you I like really dark like. horror you're definitely a dark horror movie person like every time you want to watch a movie i'm like gino this is horrific but Thank you so much, JR Ramrod. Uh, let's watch this trailer because there's there is another trailer that I want to watch. Again, this is the most niche wrestling discussion. We just got done watching Dragged Across Concrete that had Michael Jai White, who was in Spawn. Spawn was not a wrestler, but when I was a kid, I had the Spawn action figure. So he beat Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Title. Gino, I just want to throw that out there. So this is Infinity Pool, huh? We're doing this. We barely know these people. We barely know these people. Let's mix things up a bit. You're just happy you found your fan club. I've been waiting six years for your second book. Is it coming out soon? I'm working on it. What do you do for money then? <laughs> Is this a Lionsgate movie too? <laughs> I actually came here looking for inspiration. This is just a scary movie for scary movie's sake, aren't you? 
Yes, which is good. Oh no! Mr. James Foster, you have to come with us. Here, the punishment for any crime committed is death. What? Where oh. is he? What you say? But for a significant sum, we'll build a double to send in for your execution. Okay, wait, okay, so I get it. So they clone, so this is almost like hostile or some shit. Like someone's dying. We got to kill somebody. So they create like a clone, you know? Yes, because he's rich enough to pay that debt for his life to still be alive, he is able to get a clone of himself that they have to kill. Well, you just want to see somebody die. You need him to be dead. Maybe think of it as a gift. It's like a new skin working into place. You to complete your transformation. This is just a little game. But I can take some blood. What? Was that a scene, Gino? Have you ever walked around with the, with the dog collar on like that? Not with me with the dog collar, but with people with dog collars on, yes. Yeah! Show me how strong you are. It's really disgusting. Just sit there and watch it happen. You know, James, do you worry they got the wrong man? All right, that kind of looks stupid, but I get why you like that. Like, yeah, like even in the chat, like movies, dog shit, wannabe devils rejects. It doesn't look like a good movie, but I could tell why you would want to see it. Like, it has all the actors that are kind of like Alexander Skarsgård, and it just like it's just a, a hit movie to be hip. You know, I get why you would like it. It's dark. Did you see it? Did you watch it? I may or may not have watched it in a legal or illegal way that I do want to pay money to buy this on DVD or Blu-ray so I can support this. But movie. it was So you enjoyed it, though. You are saying that you enjoyed it. I did enjoy this film. Yes. That's good. Hey, look, I, I agree with Kevin. There's no movies are dead. Like any time, This new Super Mario movie, I, I want to be excited for it. I feel like it's a, I'm supposed to be excited for it. I'm supposed to want to take my kid. Um I have like I'm like worried. Are you worried at all to take your kids to the new Super Mario movie? Like every every kids movie now has to have some weird ass shit in it. So I'm like just the more I watch this this trailer because every time it comes on the TV it looks totally fine. Um, I don't know, dude. Do you think that like do you think it's safe? <laughs> I think it's perfectly fine. We're gonna have Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario back in a movie to get. Let's take a look. Yeah, Mario, Mario. Yeah. What's your last name? Mario. Uh, let's see, Gino. Let's let's watch this trailer as well. We just trailer watching spree. Um, we'll talk wrestling. I swear, I fucking swear. And then Ricardo in the chat, Chris Pratt is a shitty fucking Mario. I kind of like that they did Chris Pratt. I think that's trying to get Christians to go to the movies <laughs> because all of us know that if it's not Chris Pratt, it's probably some like there'll be some comment about Mario saying, you know, I used to be a female or something like that. Like every movie has to have that now. Every single movie has to have that moment of here's where we stand up and 
Like that guy who wrote on my on on our on that video about how we're bigots and how we think that we're trying to put people in gas chambers. We're not doing that. We just don't want to take every every movie that we take our kids to doesn't have to be. Hey, if you want to fuck ass, you can fuck ass. Like I don't know why that's such a priority for everybody. Let's take a look, Gino. Where am I? <laughs> Ooh, fresh meat for the grinder. Pay him no heed. He is cute, but he is. There's gotta be a way out of here. There's no escape. The only hope is the sweet relief of death. Whoa! Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's Illumination. I, I like Illumination. They make the Despicable Me movies. Those tend to not have too much... Uh, of course, there were people that were like, there was so much ass in the last one, which I didn't even notice. But yeah, Gru showed his ass. The old man showed his ass. Everyone was showing their ass, you know. Um, but Illumination seems to do a good job. And also, it's Nintendo, right? They're a Japanese company. J Japan is a lot more strict on those those rules. They're trying to get a worldwide, worldwide release. That means they have to limit that stuff, right? They would have to limit that stuff for at least the Chinese mark, which is what they're going to really try to go for to make even more money. Yeah, because that, that was the problem with Lightyear. Lightyear made so little money because they, they wanted to make sure they included that six-minute scene in there or whatever, or that one kiss scene. And, or was it six seconds or something? Either way, like Disney had to put that in there, and then China was like, well, you, when you release it in China, you can't have that scene. And since it existed anyway, China revolted. And they didn't want to play that movie in their theater. So this is Illumination, and this is Japan. We all know what's his name, Nagiro Moimoto. We all know he's he's a he's a cis Japanese man, Gino. Army Koopas, Koopas, whatever those things are. <laughs> we will destroy the Mushroom Kingdom. Bowser is coming. I'm not afraid. I'll do anything for my brother. We're going to save him. Yes! Fire! <laughs> asked for it. Don't you kind of think they should be on different teams? Like, I like I know that this is like Super Mario, and it, we're we're kind of we're playing on the Bowser's the main villain, but DK is the the first villain, right? But we've had like adapted over time. Like the DK has grown to become a better friend since the Mario Jumpman situation where we had that. Now Mario has grown and DK has grown. They do not want to hurt each other because they have the common threat of Bowser. They should make a Paperboy movie. That game was awesome. This is fun! Here we go! <laughs> I did see... So, okay, here's this is perfect. So there were, like, uh, all of the conservative sites... They were all saying like, "Oh, Princess Peach is a girl boss." You know, like they're they're kind of they're upset that she she isn't like the damsel in distress like in every video game. Uh, I don't mind that. I don't know why that's like a huge sticking point. Like Luigi can be captured. I think that's fine. Uh, I guess I I don't immediately my mind doesn't immediately go like she should be captured because that does seem a little counterintuitive. I used to watch cartoons of Super Mario and it, and Toad would get captured too. It wasn't like it was just. Uh, it wasn't like it was just Princess Peach was the only one ever getting captured. So, And then the other portion, the other thing I loved was people saying that the road they're driving on right now is a pride flag. And it's like, no, that's Rainbow Road. Like, <laughs> like I think anybody who's ever played Mario Kart knows that road. So it's kind of funny that in like 2023, when people see a rainbow, they're automatically like, fuck rainbows, that's pride. Like, no, rainbows, like, rainbows are in the Bible, Gino. 
everyone also the people are like oh prince speech be captured it's like that was in mario 64 we've adapted <laughs> prince speech actually is a badass she's grown even stronger and became like a self-defensive person even during the time of like fucking mario sunshine later she became just a kind of badass who would support mario and be equal to him so again she is an equal opportunity person we need to support her in this mario kart thing where she is a boss yeah people are crazy like i'm okay with because peach was also can you play with her on super smash bros like we know dude we know she's violent as shit. We get it. I'm okay with that. I guess I just didn't immediately, because that was what people were so upset about. That was one of the other things, was was Pride Road, and then also uh, was also Peach being a girl boss. But maybe she's not even a girl boss. Maybe she's sensitive. But she's also a ruler, right? Let's end this. <laughs> this movie looks fucking awesome, Gino. Oh, and Chris Pratt rules. I don't know, Gino. April 5th, are you going? Are we going? I think we got to go see this eventually. April 5th, around that week. And then we also have that fucking vampire movie with Nicolas Cage as Dracula. That's going to be another classic. We gotta this, see. this looks really good. I was, I'm, I, I'm okay with this Mario movie. And I'm, let's, let's, I'm going to give it a like on their YouTube. Uh, comments are turned off. So, okay, no comments. People are all, are people in the, in the comments going, gay? This is gay. YouTube just wants to be protected for the bigger companies. They're like, no, you don't need comments for the movie companies. They don't need comments. I guess that makes sense, right? This was the Universal Pictures Australia YouTube account. They don't give a fuck what you think. 299 dislikes on the video, though. 13,000 likes. So it's definitely on the positive side. It looks good. I'm okay with it. Uh, Ricardo says it looks shitty. Uh, not if you go with me. We're going to have a great time. We're going to take Ralph. He's going to get like a little bucket that's... That's decorated with our favorite Nintendo characters, and I can't fucking wait for it. So, uh, my buddy Gino, he works for Respawn, and he had uh, he had let me know that there was a new trailer that dropped for our favorite video game series, uh, Star Wars Jedi. Gino, remember we watched some gameplay last time? It looks like the story trailer has been released. Have you seen this yet? I have not seen any story to the four survivors, so I think I'm ready to see some information about Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yeah, so I still haven't played the first one. I have a, I have this Xbox right here. I have an Elgato game capture. Let me see. It's around here somewhere, Gino. Like, I know that I could hook this up, but I remember, like, trying to stream with it was kind of a pain in the ass. Like, if you, how, when you stream your video games, you know, how do you do it? Well, what I do, thanks to Xbox with me having a Series S, and they just have that function where you can just stream through Twitch. I don't know if you could do it through any other website, but they just have the integration with Twitch where I can just stream onto my Twitch account okay. and then play the games. So we can just do that. Yeah, I have one of these, like this Elgato Game Capture HD. I'm sure that this works somewhat. I tried to do it once. Like, I remember trying to do it once. I didn't really like how it was working out. It was kind of laggy, so I just never, ever did it again. I've never used this fucking thing. And I got it in like 2014. So I'm assuming the software is out of date, but we could play around with this thing. You can play some Star Wars. It must it has to work, right? Your skills immortalized. Built-in live streaming to YouTube and Twitch. So it says it on the fucking box. So it must be able to do that. Where Tyla, get in the chat. Tyla, tell me how to do this. Ricardio, come over. What the fuck? So let's check out this new trailer, though. This is the story. My buddy sent me this. Uh, oh, damn. You ever sit down on your balls? I have had that happen once, and it's the worst. Yeah, I sat down, and like just the way it was angled, it fucking 
the right ball got kind of squished there. I feel I'm okay. We're going to prosper. So we got the new Star Wars Jedi Survivor official story trailer. This dropped yesterday. Uh, so far, Chino, got to be honest, 66,000 likes, 1.2 thousand, so 1,200 dislikes. So there's got to be some hardcores out there that aren't enjoying this game. So let's dive in. Wall, Gino. It's been a long five years. It was like Infinity Pool. Damn, Gino! We've tried to resist. Fear and mistrust rule the galaxy. <gasps> Whoa, dude, you're gonna, you're gonna watch like a little guy get executed? Minute one, <laughs> they're really establishing who the heels are in this video game. So this is five years, I'm assuming five years after the previous game. Tyler did the first game. Okay, so I need to, uh, I need a gaming headset, says Ricardo. What, what's a gaming headset, Gino? And it's similar to what I have right here. These Astros, they're worthwhile. I'd say it's good head gaming headset or the headset you got right now. I think just a proper headset. He does. He wants you to just try to go all in on being a streamer well, and look like a streamer. I like the microphone in this thing. Is there any way I could just – I have a USB. Oh, yeah. You know what? I remember last time. I have, I have one of those USB Yetis, and that was able to plug directly into the Xbox, and I could use that as a microphone. But then when I play, I have to, like, lean into the Yeti. So I guess I can figure that out because I guess I, a gaming headset. You just walk around like that. What does Ninja use? He's pretty good at this shit, isn't he? And he's one of those great ones that you could ask what he used. There's so many people you could ask what they use, and they'll probably give you the exact specs. Of what I, they I watched that video of Drew Gooden taking the Ninja Masterclass, and he said it was completely useless. Ninja was telling you, like, yeah, go on to YouTube. There's tons of videos on how to set some shit up. So, okay, so, so far this game looks awesome. Like, I know that it's – so, the last time I played, I always bring this up. I played the Star Wars uh, Force Unleashed video game, and this, this so far, it looks a little bit like that. Just the graphics look way better. Cal, look into the fire. It will warm you, keep you company. But left unchecked, it will consume everything until there is only ash. How could you let the galaxy fall to this unworthy machine of an empire? Hope I feel beyond her grasp. But I think we finally found somewhere the empire can't reach us. Imagine. No more looking over your shoulder. A place that's worth fighting for, no matter the cost. Oh, Gino! Is there anything after? That game looks awesome. I gotta be honest, it looks fun. I, I've, I haven't played a Star Wars game in a minute. Maybe we got to play this previous one to get ourselves psyched up for a Jedi Survivor. I think it'd be a perfect idea. We figure out how we can make this work with Trovo, or if we want to try to go back and launch up the Twitch, we can for us to have this amazing time for you playing Jedi Fallen Order. All right, so this thing just plugs in. It looks like right. You just plug it in, and then it just and then it just streams. You just stream, dude. So we're figuring this out. We don't got to do it right now. 
PlayStation 4. It works for the it works for the Xbox. Connect it. I got to download the software again. We'll be streaming in no time, right? It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to be just like Ninja. Who's another video game person? Moist Critical, is that somebody that you still follow? He is a guy I still follow. Great streamer. That we could eventually just be like, we could be monotone, not care. Just be like Moist Critical. Learn from the Moist Man himself. <laughs> just like that. So, okay, well, that game looks fantastic. Uh, I, I really like the gameplay trailer. I know that the story is supposed to get you hyped up, but I, I think the gameplay does a lot I don't know. Does the game more justice in a way, like because we like storylines? We're gonna get like I don't know. I don't. I didn't play the first one, number one. But also watching that, I'm still down to just play it. I want to beat some shit up, you know. <laughs> Ricardo in the chat. I cannot believe Leedy's knows who that is. People are always shocked when I tell them that I know things. Like I know who Drew Gooden is, and people are like, "What? You watch YouTube? I know Lele Pons. Apparently, she talk wrestling. Gino. It looks like Lele Pons got offered a WWE deal." Thank you, sounding friend. You hear about that, Gino? Lele Pons. I did hear about that. It's great that she has her own WWE deal, but I'm also really excited that Moist Crickle has his own wrestling promotion. I'm really happy to see where this goes. Nice. What do you think, Gino? Jedi Survivor, are you getting it? I will eventually be getting this, especially because I still need to finish Jedi Fallen Order myself, too. So, you know, you and I, we're going to be playing through Jedi Fallen Order and finishing it before Jedi Survivors come. We should play video games. People at work were like, you got to get the new WWE game. Like, people were... Like shocked that I don't have it. People were shocked that I haven't played it yet. Uh, I, I is this something? Am, am I? Do you have it, Gino? I know you bought it for everyone else. Is this game the the game to end all games? This is the WWE game that's probably the best on the Xbox Series X slash S and Xbox One. But those seven is still probably the best SVR and best WWE game to be on an Xbox system. You think so? That SmackDown versus Raw. You said two thousand seven. You think that's kind of the when you, in your mind, when you're thinking perfect wrestling games, because I guess, like I guess I played that one. I'm one of those people because Kevin always says, "Here comes the point sucked." I played that one the most. I easily, hands down. Here, it had a story a story mode that never ended, so you could just play that game for your whole life and not know that you were kind of repeating storylines. You can be Edge and just be the WWE champion for years and not even know that you that you've been playing the same fucking game forever. Um, and I know that like like that one always sticks out is one that I played a lot. Obviously, SmackDown versus Raw, SmackDown versus Raw 06 I played a lot. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I 07 doesn't pop into my head, but I definitely remember enjoying that one as well. So, uh, but but that's your and that's when you started becoming a wrestling fan. So isn't that kind of isn't that how it always works? Like my favorite year of wrestling is 2003, and I think Here Comes the Pain was like 2002. So it was all kind of around that era. So, is that how it works, you know? Not exactly, because again, my very first wrestling game that I did play as a kid, even though I did have like an N64 Sega, I like didn't play those games, but the first one I played was Legends of Wrestling 1 and 2, and those were the worst games. Like, <laughs> they were irritating at times. Having cheat codes was nice, but I was like, this is not good. And they play those, I was like, this is the best, especially the online community, that the online is still working to this day because it's connected to dreamwire which is an activision server and they can't take that down unless they want to take that call of duty servers as well so because that 07 can never die unlike any other derby 2k server those could die eventually but 07 will never die well i don't think i've ever even seen this or heard of this this looks awful so this was the very this is your first exposure to a wrestling video game my first one ever was probably wrestlemania 2000 maybe 
I know I played. I love that game. I, I uh, WCW NWO Revenge was really good. WCW Backstage Assault was another one that I played a lot of. Uh, obviously, No Mercy when that came out, that was huge for all of us. The first SmackDown, then SmackDown Know Your Role. So I, I know that that's all like the same era, and that's just every year they would pump out a new wrestling game, Day of Reckoning. Um, but I, I, I just missed the boat on this one entirely. I don't even remember the ECW game. Let's take a look at this game. On our new video game, uh, our new watch trailers and watch video game footage uh, discussion here, Gino. This is so deep. Whoa! I did not know the music would be so awesome and so loud at the same time. So, okay, that was like Abdullah the Butcher, Hulk Hogan. So who was behind this? Who who made this game? Bam Bam Bigelow. I forget like the comedy behind it, but it was like just anyone who was that side with WWE and they were like free agents they were put on here. Like this story time when like RVD was still free. I think that was either one or two had RVD, but the other one did not. Yeah, this one came out in 02, it looks like. So there's like British Bulldog. You got the Midnight Express, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, so anybody that wasn't W like after the the... <laughs> Dr. Death after the invasion angle whoever didn't stick around for WWE this is kind of the only place they could go right yeah they were just working indies and just being able to make this money <laughs> Andre the Giant in all of my tears in all of my tears dude saliva remember saliva Saliva used to be big. Now it's just kind of in between. It was Davey's favorite band for a short time. Dude, they were. I remember that WrestleMania 18 where they performed, Drowning Pool performed. Like, those bands raised me. My coworker was talking about his favorite band is, like, Breaking Benjamin. And he was naming his favorite bands, and all it was was, so did you like wrestling in 2007? Like, his favorite bands are, like, Three Days Grace and Theory of a Dead Man. Like, he was just going down a checklist of, Hey, did they did they have a wrestling pay per view song? Then they're your favorite band. Like that was just all of his. That was his whole list. Yeah. Great list to have. Iron Sheik. Dude, so saliva ruled. What did happen to them? Was it just how Rock kind of fell off? It was Will got kind of sick of this. It's that rock change that we have new metal where Poppy is now. What was NXT's favorite band? Now Poppy's not even there. Now we just have like fucking rap music. I always give this band shit. Like I always talk about Imagine Dragons because they're just always who comes up when I talk about this. But I would listen to K-Rock when I was younger and it was always like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Sublime. You would get bands like Alice in Chains and Nirvana on 106.7 K-R-O-Q. And that was what I grew up on. And now when I listen to that station, it's all like Imagine Dragons and the Lumineers. And it's this weird, like, indie, like, this is in this is rock. It's not rock. It sucks. It is rock. But here we are. Look at this great rock. Oh, also, one thing I loved about this game is you had, like, special referee. You could just be the referee, which I thought was something that needs to come back. It's never come back. Thank you, Cassidy. Agent Jake says saliva was great live. I imagine so. Uh, Scott, the big Scott bad booty Steiner. daddy, hell yeah. Scott big. Steiner's in the game. Bruno Sammartino is somebody else that we saw. So, yeah, pretty much every legend that was mad at Vince <laughs> once WCW closed. Roddy Piper, they were just, yeah, we're not we're not going back to WWE yet, okay? Fuck you, Vince. There's all these great legends that realize, you know what, I'm better than Vince. Vince doesn't want me. Well, fuck you. I'm going to make it in the end. Sid Vicious, the million-dollar man. 
That was a weird era because, yeah, these guys were already – they were already being pushed out of WWE to go to WCW. And then once WCW was gone, it's like Vince doesn't want these fucking guys. Yeah, just all these unlockers. Oh, and heart. This game's awesome. This was an awesome roster. Just the gameplay's not the great look funk you. What do you think about that that whole Owen Hart dark side of the ring? What do you like? Do you really do you blame WWE as much as Martha Hart does? I don't care that much. It's sad what happened to him. I do blame WWE, but it's not like it's the end all be all. It's an end of a man's life. It should have ended, but I do blame WWE. But we, it's been so many years. WWE needs to move on. They finally did by AEW taking handles and be like he's done now. He's an AEW. Yeah, right. They were able to sign him. Like that was their that was a huge act. I hated that tournament though, because all they talked about was Brett. It was so fucking annoying. It was the Bret Hart tribute uh, tournament, and it was the Owen Hart Foundation. So it was kind of stupid. Like even uh, what's his name, Dax was like, "I love Bret Hart. He's my favorite." It's like, well, this is the Owen Hart tournament. So when we do the Bret Hart tournament, you can have you can win matches because you love Bret. You don't get to win matches because you love Owen. Okay, like. Like, Owen is who we're supporting here, not fucking Brett. It was very annoying. Um, having said all that, uh, yeah, I kind of like that they did that. It was cool to see Owen Hart's name back in, like, wrestling, as Jim Ross said. Who, Jim, is Jim Ross at all responsible? I always love that Jim Ross kind of gets, like, he, you know he participates in those dark side of the rings, but a lot of that shit was his fault. Yeah, he was backstage. He was like, okay, let's keep up with this gimmick. I think this gimmick's going to go over even huge, especially with this whole setup we're making just for Owen, just for this gimmick and get it over, make the people love it more, and that's what caused his death. So Jim Ross probably hates himself because he was a part of pushing this goddamn Supernova game. Blue Nova. Uh, thank you. So, uh, you mean the Blue Blazer. Cassidy is now a subscriber. Thanks to Sounding Friend. Um, Jim Ross, Dark Side of the Ring, Owen Hart. Cause, uh, or not Owen Hart. Um plane ride because when he was describing the plane ride from hell and he's talking about like he's head of talent relations at this time so like how are you throwing so much shade at the talent at the wrestlers like you're kind of responsible guy like stand up for yourself like make it known thank you so much agent jake like i was so annoyed watching this because I'm just thinking Jim Ross is a huge piece of shit. Like, here I here I am my whole life. He's telling guys uh, on Beyond the Mat, you know, build your upper body up here. Work on the upper body. And maybe we'll have something for you in the future. Or he's telling Karma she's not a diva, but she might be an attraction. Like, he he's this guy who's responsible for so many people's success and so many people's failed careers. And here he is on Dark Side of the Ring saying, like, yeah, just sitting back. I knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong. It was sad. But it happened. Scott Hall almost killed that woman. I'm like, no, you're in charge of the Scott Hall. You signed him. Sometimes as a joke, Ric Flair would put on his robe, not wear anything else, and <laughs> walk that aisle like Ric Flair and then open it up and woo. That's the big high spot. I wanted to see Rick coming out naked in his robe, so he did it on the airplane for everybody. <laughs> and uh, that's what the guys want to see. That's what makes them laugh. He could move his hips twirl it and so is from the chat uh dakota even says jr deserved to kiss vince's ass like after hearing some of these stories like yeah you kind of do jr like you're supposed to be in charge you're in a position of power and then whenever anything bad happens you're like well it's vince company not me vince's company so it's just the easy way out it's the easy way of saying like well no i was 
Like I was like, it's Vince's company. He's gonna make the final decision. I don't have any real power. So if you guys are molesting women on airplanes, that's not my fault. That's Vince's fault. It's like, no, you're head of talent relations. So how about you head the talent a little bit? You know, Gina. Yeah, I know. It's just a fucking weird situation that he was in. He put himself in. He just wants to fucking put the blame on anyone else, even though he himself was in charge of a lot of the decisions, or at least what was going to be going on in the long term with some characters and wrestlers. It just sucks. Fuck Jim Ross. <laughs> Any sort of suspension or anything like that? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> uh, I guess lack of a better term, he was a made man. And he was such a high-level made man that he got a pass. Was it the right thing to do? I don't know. No. <laughs> You're listening to it, folks. You, you decide. He got a pass. As he the WWE... Head of talent relations, you got a pass. Like, it's just such this weird... Like, you're the one who gave him the pass. Like, you're the one. And you're saying, is it right? I don't know. You decide. Like, he's doing such a good job of, it's not me. Look over here. It's not, you know, like, it, it's, here's what I did, but don't look at it. What would you do? Like, it's obviously wrong, right? I agree with you guys. You guys decide. No, you're the one who was supposed to decide at that time. So, and, and by the way, I don't, we don't know. We weren't there. We obviously, we took Ric Flair's side in all this and Tommy Dreamer's side because this was a fucking hatchet job to just fucking tear down our two favorite wrestlers, Ric Flair and Tommy Dreamer. And for some reason, Tommy's the only one that got canceled. Um, and, and here we are now watching, like, like watching Jim Ross sit there and go, yeah, you got to pass. He's a made man. I can't just spend Ric Flair. It's the fucking worst. Yes, it was all about tearing down Ric Flair, but what's great is the next Dark Side Ring that is produced by Davey is going to first have the first episode be all about Razor Remote, so I'm excited to see what Davey gets to tell us about Razor Remote's past the Dark Side of the Ring. Are you going to talk about when they killed that guy? When he killed that guy? Because isn't that like the big... We've all watched his E60 already. They're, they need to do a Dark Side of the Ring on this guy. Like, hasn't it been... Haven't we done enough to poor Scott Hall? He was so awesome. He's the... Is he the best? Uh, like I don't know how you how I phrase this. Is he the best WWE superstar to never win the WWF championship? I mean, I don't know. Cody Rhodes is getting up there right now, but he might eventually win that WWF title. He well, let's go with careers that are over at least. Like Roddy Piper always comes to mind. Like he never won the WWF title. Dusty Rhodes never won the championship. But like as far as careers. Like in like Razor Ramon in WWF, his time in WCW, even though that belt's in there, he never even won the WCW championship. Like, how in all those years did he not win? Like, how was he not a transitional champion? Why did he? It must have been drugs, right? He was obviously the most fucked up behind the scenes, and he just wasn't supposed to to win the belt ever because they couldn't trust him with it. But every time, like, like go back and watch any Nitro, any any Raw. Razor Ramon pops off the screen. He's perfect. This is why I'm excited to see what Davey gets to tell us about Razor Ramon since it's the whole Davey production of the Dark Side Ring of Razor Ramon because we get to hear what Davey wants us to think is the truth about Razor. It's going to be know, great to hear uh, what their story is about Razor. You know, Scott was, uh, he, he, he was, he was his own man, you know. Like, what's Triple H really going to add to this fucking story that we don't already know? You know, I, uh, I would get up and go to the gym and, you know, I would put in three, four hours. 
And Scott would show up for about 20 minutes, and he just had that body. That body was amazing. Like, what is Triple H going to add, you know? People are going to add so much. That's something Derby tells us a lot of things we don't know about. Like, when they talk about the rise and fall of a company, they want to bury it completely. It's great. When they talk about the fucking self-destruction ultimate warrior, we get to bury him. I'm just excited to see what they get to say about this dead man that they honor, but if they will talk shit about him too. Or if the just want to tell us some fucking lies and lies and lies about Razor. You, you think look in, good because he's dead. Do you think in the rise and fall of ECW, they, they buried it in a bad way, though? Like, I thought they did a great job at... I mean, the reason that DVD did so well and the reason they resurrected ECW was because of the way they told that story. Well, not the ECW one. WCW one, they completely fucking butchered that shit. Just make WCW look like, oh, this is a piece of shit company. The one match we had on a fucking Raw, it did so bad. We didn't want to fucking do it, even though the fucking Buff Bagwell Booker T match wasn't that bad. But they keep trying to tell us, oh, this was the worst thing. This stopped the entire push for us to have WCW Monday Nitro instead of Raw and SmackDown to be WWE show. This is because of how bad it was. They, they fucking want to make us think WCW was so fucking bad, even though it wasn't. Have you watched that DVD? They didn't mention that in the DVD, that they were going to do a, a Raw and they were going to do a, a, a Monday Night Nitro. They don't mention that in that DVD. They do credit the downfall to nobody knew who was in charge. Like in WWE, Vince McMahon is running this shit. WCW, there was an era of Kevin, uh, what's his name? Your boy, Kevin uh, Sullivan. Ke- Kevin Sullivan was in charge. And then there was an era where Bischoff and then Vince Russo. And like they would talk about like you're running around n- not knowing who to ask for advice or, hey, what's the what's the script for tonight? And Kevin Nash does a great job breaking down what really, in my opinion, killed WCW was Thunder. When they added that second show and it was going to be recorded, and they already had these guys that were on these limited contracts as it was. So then what would happen is they would – and Nash did – he was probably talking to Sean Oliver when he did this, but he had like a whiteboard or a chalkboard. And he was like, you got to write three-hour Nitro. You write three-hour Nitro, and then you have to write two-hour Thunder. However, two-hour Thunder, you tape two episodes at once. So now you're writing four hours of Thunder. But to make this second episode of Thunder make sense, you also now need to write another three-hour Nitro. So when you show up to that second Nitro, if you wanted to change anything, you had to make sure it didn't fuck up the already recorded second episode of Thunder. It was really wacky the way they were trying to, you know, it was this weird hybrid. Like imagine if Impact was doing recorded shit, kind of like how Taya, you knew she was going to lose the belt this past Thursday because she just showed up on AEW. Like imagine if every episode was like, oh shit, Taya's the champ on this one. How are we going to rewrite that on Wednesday? Like you couldn't. It was just... Nope, we're not going to rewrite it. Like, is she going to show up with the belt in AEW? Like, I'm still champion. But we already know because it's pre-recorded that she loses the belt. So, so many – by the way, fuck all the people in the Ultimate Insiders chat that write spoilers. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, we're all trying to watch a wrestling show together that we all love. Are you the cool guy in the chat that wants to jump in and fucking say, oh, we know Taya loses or, oh, I can't believe – like. Eddie and Kenny are about to beat up PCO. Like, why are you in the chat? Why do you give a shit? Like, why are you just there to ruin it for me, Gino? Not you specifically. I'm talking to the ether. Like, have you ever have you ever watched an Ultimate Insider live? Why are people in there telling me, like, oh, I can't believe that Deanna costs uh, Giselle this win or whatever? It's so stupid. It is stupid that people want to spoil it, but it gets. They were like, oh, I've already, like, they read the results. They're like, oh, I don't care. I want to spoil it for everyone to make people feel bad as well. Like, it's the worst fucking mentality to have. Just have people enjoy the show. We pay the money for it just like they do. And we want to support this company to the ends of the earth because Impact's better, especially better than NXT because I watched NXT tonight. 
<laughs> I sent you probably the worst thing in the world. It's yes. maybe the it might be so bad it's good. We got a debate. Oh, with Schism, your other favorite people, Chase You and Schism. That sounds awful. Let's get one more JR clip and then I'll pull it up. We were not doing him any favors putting him back on the road. So you can resume. We we were not doing any favors. Like he's doing such a good job. You're the head of talent relations. We are not doing him any favors. Jim Ross, this is your fault. You're putting him on the road. You're his boss. His uh, routines. But we didn't do him justice. But we didn't know how bad it was. <laughs> I didn't uh, know how bad it was. And, and for those that think we should have known, yeah, well, we didn't. I should have known. You know until you see it. You interact with it. We're quite close to landing. <laughs> I do like when they film these dark sides of the ring. Like this, clear this guy doesn't look anything like Scott Hall. But we'll just make it blurry and put an NWO shirt on him. And now, oh, clear, we got it. Looks good, right, Chino? He absolutely looks like Scott Hall. Wait, Tom, this looks exactly like Scott Hall. <laughs> if I were to think of Scott Hall in my brain in the time period that they're supposed to be, and I'm like, that that's Scott Hall to me. That looks like Fandango, if anything. So, which by the way, Fandango and Joe Hendry was hilarious this past week. So I, I like the rise and fall of WCW because it wasn't I, I kind of disagree with what you said, like they wanted to bury WCW. Like sure they they wanted to bury WCW, but WCW did a great job burying itself when you really look at how that company capsized because they were in such a position to just continue to be the number one wrestling program. And here comes Eric Bischoff on a motorcycle saying, You know, it's so good to be me. And it's so good to be winning in the ratings and like, I understand what they were doing, and, like, you know, I think they thought that's what was getting them over was acknowledging the competition so much and, yeah, having a shoot, like, on their on their show. But uh, I, I think that was the fall was, like, it kind of what AEW is going through. They had all these huge surprises, and everyone would show up, and it was huge. Like, whoa, they got Hogan. They got Piper. They got Macho Man. They just kept – they kept up in the stakes. It's like, whoa, what a huge surprise. What a huge debut. What a huge heel turn. And you can only do that so many times before you run out of that kind of a moment. Like, even their biggest angle, the NWO, those three guys all came from WWE. So it was like three big surprise debuts led to a surprise faction that was created. And, like, that was their biggest thing that they had. They were never going to be able to do that again, like, ever. So... That was the reason that whole thing failed was creatively. They just were stuck. It was like we we have limited contracts. Our creative is is spread out so weird because we have to record. Like we have to write 14 hours of television every time we write television. Um, having said that, Sounding I Sounding Friends says Scott is a knockoff version of Tony Montana. Yeah, but that was we knew that when it happened. Like We knew when, hey, Chico, say goodnight to the bad guy. We knew he was doing his Tony Montana, except Tony was a little shit. Scott Hall was huge. Um, and we know, like, Vince loves fucking watching movies, especially again, we have him talking about Scarface. Then we had the whole Jillian Hall shit was all because he fucking loved uh, fucking Mike Myers, Austin Powers movie, and the whole mole shit. He was like, I want to make the mole a joke too and make it happen here for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then it's going to be all culminating to the boogeyman eating it. Yeah, that was horrific. I remember, I remember watching that. That was so, oh, we were all so uneasy. We were like, oh. And then she was like, I know you on my... She had a pretty good career for somebody that I didn't really see much in. Like, what are they doing with this Jillian Hall? 
Um, I don't remember what I pulled up. Oh, Schism and Chase U face off. So this is modern day wrestling. So I I do want to agree with one thing that I think you like that you try to say is that WCW wasn't that bad when it ended. Like even when you go back and watch some of the last couple nitros leading up to like their demise, the company was still pretty good compared to like some of the wrestling we watch now. Like I loved watching the like the ascent of Booker T, and I thought his little feud with Scott Steiner at the end of the at the end of WCW I thought was really well done. I liked that the way they were using Jeff Jarrett. DDP got old real fast. That was kind of shocking. Like watching 2001 DDP was really weird. So I, I agree. When he showed up in WWE as the stalker, it was kind of of a shock. Like why? I first of all I was like, what? DDP was on Raw. Like it was a huge surprise, and I thought it was cool at the time, but. Yeah, maybe WWE thought this guy's already forty. Like, yeah, he's not, we're not gonna have a lot. We're not gonna have a huge DDP run, you guys. And at the end of WCW, he was already wrestling in pants and shit. So I think we, I think even he knew he was over, over in a bad way. You know, um, I might start doing DDPY again with this whole. I had Vertigo real bad yesterday. You know, DDPY might be my savior. Are there, is there any promo codes right now? I don't know if there's any promo codes. I don't know about DDPY. All I know about is the schism and chase you. Thank you for bringing it back to us, Gino. We are a niche wrestling discussion. You watched NXT tonight, and this is the one thing you wanted to send me. You wanted to tell me that Chase You and Schism had a face off three minutes and nine seconds. Here is this was this on television or is this like a dot com? This was on television. I saw like how short it is. They cut out a lot of it because they had like everyone else was like talking for their team, but they wanted to start like show this clip instead because I I love David Ray and Dia Hale's part, but like they cut that out. They wanted to show here's the leaders of what they have to say. How would you rate the preparedness of the other members of your group to leave the nest, Andre? Thank you, Blake. Uh, Mr. Chase. Your students already answered that for you. They are not prepared. A marbled mouth doubter and a reprogrammed wind-up toy, they don't know which way's up. Moderator, tally the scores. Pardon my tardiness, Mr. Chase. The Tyler Bate. Yes, he is. He's there for Taylor the great chase. By all means. This is huge. This is this is going great. Alex Silver or Alex Reynolds. How would you sum up <laughs> the experience of your group? Jagger? It's simple. Four roots, one tree. Wait, is that is that my guy? Is that Yes, uh, that is part of your favorite team. It's the what? and him are part of the Grizzlies. You know this. You know they were part of the. Group I know already. they were part, but when he got up and walked up, I thought it was Edge, or I thought it was anyone else. I thought it was Taylor Hawkins, but he's dead, so I didn't know who that was. I also thought it was Alex Reynolds. I didn't know. Like I, I was very shocked that a Dark Order guy. By the way, isn't this just WWE's Dark Order? The schism that they have going on here. It's better than Dark Order. So uh, they, they took one of the greatest tag teams in wrestling history, the Grizzled Young Veterans, s -s -s soon to be. Oh, they were awesome, Gino. Luckily, they get to hang out with Joe Gacy now. Tyler? I can objectively say huh. that to excel in NXT, it takes more than just physical prowess inside the squared circle. It takes a big, strong mind open to new ideas to collaborate and learn with a willingness to listen to what others have to say just as they would for you. Now, the Chase <laughs> University experience is one of growth and constant evolution. 
it's ignited a career in Thea Hale, rejuvenated Duke Hudson and fortified Andre Chase himself. Now, the growth of Chase University is the growth of NXT. And that's something that the schism has never and will never achieve. Let's go! <laughs> the schism! NXT! NXT! Thank you, Tyler. That was incredible. Now that we've beaten you philosophically, how's about we beat you physically? Yes. That's right. How about a match? You four low lives versus us. Schism versus Chase You and Tyler Bate at Stand and Deliver. Yes. And we're going to give you an Andre Chase University sized ass. Yes. Yes. The Dyad beat Chase U as a tag team, and Andre, I beat you one-on-one. -on -one. The schism is far superior to Chase University physically and philosophically. You know what? There's nothing left to gain here. We'll put up the school. <gasps> what did you say? Duke, what are you doing? You heard me, Gacy. Stand and deliver. Winnie gets control of Chase University. What? You're on. Ugh. All right, Gino, that was awful. I can't wait for that match, though. Four on four. Thank you so much, uh, Sounding Friend, for the bunny egg. The school on the line, Gino, at Stand and Deliver. Dude, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. Sandler is already fucking stacked. It's going to be at 1 p.m. that WrestleMania night one. It's going to be an amazing day. But before then, we do have an amazing card this Friday with Sacrifice that we can run down as well. Wow, good point. Sacrifice is this Friday. TNA is in a weird like bubble right now because we have Sacrifice this Friday. And then we have the Multiverse United the following weekend. And then we're already, I mean, we're, what, four weeks away from Rebellion. So before we ride off into that glorious sunset, Let's take a look at Sacrifice. Now, this show that we had this past Thursday was really freaking good again. It seems like every time I watch Impact, it's it's just it's fun. I, I was watching it at work, and I was showing people, like, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. Uh, oh, here's a headline. Impact Wrestling Sacrifice is sold out. It is sold out, Gino. Uh, what, can you believe it? There's not enough seats, bro. And this is their return to Canada, because I thought they were even saying, like, Rebellion was their return sacrifice they're going to windsor ontario yes this is their first time in windsor ontario in a long time this is a big sellout super no vacancy this is a big time for impact dude let me find this card i don't know why the card eludes me uh, oh here you go yahoo yahoo's gonna give it to us gino so isn't that weird yahoo yahoo is the one that's giving it to us let's go to yahoo I mean, wikipedia exists too if you ever need wikipedia i didn't find it on wikipedia i typed in wiki and it didn't pop up um, so this, oh, this is even better. This is on Yahoo, Gino. Let's bring this up for everybody. Let's bring this up for the people, for the people. Um, so Gino, the impact knockouts chant. What do you think is the main main event? Is the impact knockouts title? Is that the last match that goes on? No, the main main event is the six man tag. Obviously. Do you think they're kind of setting up a six man storyline or something? Cause they even had like a little moment this past week where they were saying like Josh Alexander, and Rich Swan and Frankie Kazarian. Once we get a few wins under our belt, we're going to be unstoppable. And I was just thinking, like, is this leading to like a trios division? Are you guys going for the for the AEW trios title? Like, why do they care so much about how good their trio is? 
because they want to show they're stronger and they could be able to take out every threat that we have, like the Bullet Club, like the possibility of Honor No More reforming since we have Kenny King and Eddie Edwards back on the same page. There's possibilities of changes happening that they want to be able to defend Impact as the Impact faithful. Josh Alexander, Rich Swan, Frank is there. I think Mickey's closing this thing down, dude. I think you're you're being rude to Mickey James again. I think Mickey James is the last match. It's Jordan Grace. Uh, I think this is as big as it gets. Like you want to end like a singles title to end the night. Like ending it with a six man tag that almost has no no bearing. I mean, all this match is doing is setting up Kushida versus Josh, which I'm which even means Kushida might somehow beat Josh or something. Like Kushida got that big win over Gresham, which I thought was shocking. So here's another opportunity to get Kushida a win, making us think he has a chance to beat Alexander at Multiverse, which we know that he does not. So let's go. To, let's start from the bottom, Gino. Speedball, Mike Bailey, and Gresham, they've been a tag team for two, uh, two episodes of Impact. But in the spirit of competition, Speedball wants his rematch. So they're going to run it back here at Sacrifice. Speedball gets the win, right? He lost the first one. Yes, this is the second match. This is an amazing contest for Speedball to get his big win back. It's going to show us that their first match, you know, some people are like, oh, it wasn't as good as it could have been. They knew they're going to have multiple matches. They're going to have the second match be even bigger, and then their rubber match is going to be the best match you could ever fucking see. Giselle Shaw, Deanna Perazzo, uh, they already had their match on uh, the pre-show for No Surrender. This thing has kind of kept going. Looks like Deanna's a bit of a baby face now, right? Like, even when she's on commentary, she's kind of nicer to Tom Hannafin. She's a she's she's like a tweener almost, but when she attacked Giselle this past, or who did she attack? Savannah, like she kind of is coming off as a bit of a baby face. So she Giselle's clearly the the ultimate heel right now for them, with with Jay and with uh, Savannah Evans. So Deanna does Deanna get a baby face win, or is this another opportunity for uh for Giselle, for Giselle to get a win? I feel like this is the big babyface moment for Deanna because she was babyface the entire storyline, even when she threw chili on Giselle. Giselle was just that much of a bitch of a heel. The black widow that she was able to be able to outheal Deanna, and Deanna was able to be a babyface through the storyline. And now we have this whole big turn where we had Savannah cost her the match. Now that Deanna's going to take out Savannah at this Thursday night, this is going to be a big moment for her to have an even match between her and Giselle where she beats Giselle. I think so, too. Deanna needs to be kept up in that upper echelon of female talent that they have. Impact Digital Media Championship, my boy, Brian Myers, taking on your boy, Joe Hendry. I want Brian Myers to get a win. It feels weird that Moose is kind of being okay. Like, he's okay being the backseat to Brian Myers. Maybe that means Moose is moving on from Joe Hendry finally. Um, I want Brian to get his belt back. I, I feel like I'm going to be rooting for Brian Myers. Like, I thought with Matt Cardona no longer being around – that kind of makes me think Brian is kind of going to go back into his own thing. But Joe, Hen they love Joe Hendry. They, they, it's, it, they're setting Joe Hendry up to be their next Josh Alexander. Like, they want to be able to, like, come bound for glory in October. It's not going to be unrealistic that Joe Hendry wins the title. So I, I'm leaning towards Hendry here, but I'm going to be rooting my ass off for Brian Myers. I'm going to be rooting for Brian Myers as well, but it's obvious that we're still setting up for when Matt Cardona costs Brian Myers, and that's what we're going to have. Because Brian, Brian did it to Matt, Matt's going to do it to Brian one of these days, and I feel that sacrifice might be the perfect time. Is Matt still hanging around? Is is Matt still with Impact? Because they, I mean, they haven't even acknowledged him. They kind of mentioned that he hasn't been seen. Are we? I thought we were moving on. 
I thought we were just teasing that he's gone, but he's going to come back. That's what I was thinking this whole time. I sure hope so. I hope you're right on that one. Uh, TMDK, I didn't even know that they were like involved. I, I, what did I call, What did I not watch BTI one week? Uh, they're taking on Bullet Club for the tag team championships. This was cr- this was created in like NGPW strong, right? Like this wasn't done on TV. It was absolutely done on TV. We had Shane Hayes being extremely excited, like I'm gonna be fucking having this opportunity. Me and Bad Dude Tito are gonna be teaming up and having this big moment. It was on the backstage, like one of the short backstages, oh, okay. where he set up with like Bullet Club before Bullet Club then went in front of Josh Alexander and Frankie and rich they were like they first had one with shane hasted shane was like i'm gonna be being you guys for the tag titles me and my bad dude tito and i'm excited for the mighty don't kneel to win the tag team titles they're gonna win you say i hope for damn sure that he's gonna win shane Hayes is great bad dude tito is amazing and they're gonna win because zach saber is gonna come out and interfere and help them because the mighty don't deal i'm thinking that the bullet club wins i i have no reasoning you said a lot of words there shane haste is shane thorne right that's the same guy Yes, that is the same guy. Okay. Shane, Ace, Shane Thorne, Zack Sabre Jr., Zack Sabre Jr. It's great. Mace, T-Bar, and what was his name? He was Slapjack. Slapjack, yes! Then we had Reckoning, and uh, we had Retaliation, which was uh, fucking, what's her name? Mercedes. Uh, uh, yeah, Mercedes Martinez was Retaliation or some shit. This is one year damn he's frozen but he won't he's just gonna keep going just come back gino when you reload you're frozen robo gino um impact t the exhibition championship trey miguel and in a hand a hand-picked opponent by santino marella now this could be anybody like when you're when santino marella is involved they brought uh, vladimir kozlov back last week on impact we've seen dirty dango hanging out with santino there could be a plethora of people that are that are just sitting backstage to be able to take on Trey Miguel. Action Mike Jackson was somebody that popped in. Uh, Slapnut is saying JTG. That could be huge. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I'm looking at like if you, if you just think uh, like could even be like an amazing red, like somebody that you just have no idea. Trey Miguel could lose the belt, but I don't think he's going to. I think Trey Miguel. As an exhibition champion, he's been around long enough to to keep that belt. They're going to do some more stuff with him. They like his character. I think Gino likes his character. Kevin likes it. I think Trivial kind of sucks, but I, I think he's – I, I want to see more. Can I do that? Jury's out on one Trey Miguel. Uh, a busted open match, Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray. I love this match. I love this build. Like when you think of TNA and like how television time is kind of being given to these older guys, it's still fucking awesome. I don't know why. I – you know, we complain about it on Raw, but when it's on Impact, dude, give me Dreamer and Bully Ray all fucking day. The promos these guys have been cutting are fantastic. Um, it's it's Bully Ray, though. And Bully Ray is always a more realistic victor whenever these two meet. Because Bully Ray, like, Tommy still doesn't look like a wrestler. He's not really in shape. Bully at least looks like he's taking this shit seriously. I think that his loss to Josh Alexander, we can still keep Bully Ray more relevant than anything we can do with Tommy Dreamer going forward. Tommy Dreamer is a backstage personality. He's somebody that's involved in creative. So I'm still leaning towards Bully Ray getting a victory here. Because even if they do something at Rebellion together, I, like Bully still needs to have victories under his belt. He He's there to put over young guys, not there to put over Tommy Dreamers. So, And I'm saying the main event's the Knockouts Championship. I think the six-man tag is either pre-main event or somewhere earlier in the card. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and say... 
uh, I'm going to say that the uh, the heels are not heels, but I think Kushida and the Machine Guns win. I think Time Machine gets a victory here because we got to make it believable that Josh Alexander might lose at Multiverse, even though we know he's not going to. But I think this is an opportunity to have Josh Alexander. And I don't think he's going to get pinned, but his team is going to lose. Like Kazarian's going to get pinned by Kushida or some shit uh, just to show that Alexander does have a loss going in to, to the big match. So uh, Mickey James versus Jordan Grace. That's also going to be uh, that's going to be great. Like I, the, their first match was really well done. We might even get a Jordan Grace heel turn. She's a, she's already jacked to the gills. She can work heel really well with this new body she has. She already has a gripe with with Mickey about Mickey tapping out in their first one, and the ref didn't see it. So let's go. Uh, give me Jordan Grace for a title victory here. I know the Rebellion is next month, but you can even do the rematch at Rebellion. Put Mickey's career on the line for that or some shit. But Jordan Grace can get a big dub here uh, here at this event. Let's see. I got a message from Gino. Oh, he just sent me the card. So, Gino, I hope you're out there. He's typing again. Let's let's give him a second. He's typing away. What's he, what's he typing about? I have no idea why my connection sucks. It's because it is T-Mobile home internet, Gino. That is why, but it is okay because it is about that time to ride off into the glorious, glorious sunset. And, yeah, swag in the chat. They need to put Kushida over. So we're getting close to this multiverse match. You want to treat it like it's a standalone championship defense, but it's rough when Macklin is right around the corner. <clears throat> we're already building up Macklin and Josh. We've been building it up for a year, I feel. So you know they're going to fight each other in Canada. You know that the the, the former Marine tag him and bag him American hero is ready to go one-on-one -on -one with the Canadian Josh Alexander. So, <coughs> oh, Gino. All right. Gino's uh, done for the night, and it looks like we will be too. Thank you so much for downloading and listening or being here live. Oh, Gino's back. Gino, did you hear about your internet? I did hear about my terrible internet, but I did want to bring up a little bit of spoiler since it was announced on Twitter breaking news of Trey Miguel's opponent. Oh, they announced his and opponent. They did announce his opponent. It's going to be the man that I'm actually really happy for. I talked about it on fourth hour. It's going to be Lindsay Dorado. It's going to be an amazing contest. Oh, that'll be nice. A little Lindsay. I mean, that's not a huge, like, I think Lindsay is going to be champion, but uh, we're pulling for Lindsay Dorado. It's going to be nice to watch him get a championship match. So I am all aboard the Lindsay Dorado train. Gino is once again frozen on our, on our screens and in our hearts. So, Gino, thank you so much. Oh, Gino, thank you so much. We're right, we're wrapping this baby up anyway. Great job tonight, Gino. As always, looks like the internet gave us as much as it could. But let's let's wrap this one up and ride off into that glorious sunset. Thank you guys so much for listening live. Kind of a unique one. We watched a lot of trailers and video game footage. Did not expect this at all. Uh, Geezy called out ten minutes before we went live. Crazy. Um, I, I like literally was sitting in there and I called him. I was like, "Where? Like, hey, dude." Like, give me like five minutes. And he was like, dude, I'm at work still, man. I'm fucked. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, let me message Gino. I almost went live and just watched some stuff on my own. Just kind of like, hey, we'll just do this. I, I know I wanted to do like a wall, a wall fleet journal because I swear I might be done with this fucking coin, this crypto.com, dude. Like I'm, I'm getting so annoyed every fucking day by them because now like I have an issue where let me see. Please also provide the four digits of the document that you use to register your account. So I have this issue where I made a deposit 
and it still shows pending. It was done 10 days ago, and they normally take up to seven. And I made a second deposit on that same day. That one went through. So one deposit went through that day. The other one, it came out of my bank account. It says everything's good, but on the app, it shows that it's still pending. So I can't move that crypto out of my account until it's done pending. So I messaged them, and now they're like, give us your driver's license number, too. It's like, dude, it's me. It's me. So I'm trying to just get you to confirm a pending payment is processed. I'm not trying to take any money out or anything sketchy. I just need you to fix this shit because it's showing that it's pending. And I can't move the crypto into the DeFi wallet. But that's for another time. So thank you so much for downloading and being here. I think we did a great job tonight. I missed Geezy, but really enjoy having uh, having Gino on to talk some really niche wrestling. Even though he was so wrong. he was The rise and fall of WCW barely even covered Booker T. Buff Bagwell. Didn't even mention the shit about how they wanted to have a WCW Nitro on Mondays. Didn't even mention any of that on that DVD. Um but that's all. But that's what we've heard through all the podcasts since then. All the Bruce Pritchard something to wrestle with. That, that's all they talk about is how they had this idea for a nitro that was fucking. They got rid of it immediately. And Buff Bagwell, you know, even says the match wasn't that bad. But they even trained with Buff Bagwell at like the PC, and they're like, "Fuck this guy. He's a piece of shit." And he tries to take money from Conrad Thompson. All righty, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow for the whole fucking show with Kevin Scampoli. I don't know if Gino's going to be there. We'll see. But I know that I'm going to be there. My, my, my Jim Ross is awesome. There's some asshole at home saying they know how to fall. Give me a break. Gino, there goes my internet. Now the YouTube video is no longer playing. So it's, it's not just you, Gino. It is also me. Let me hit restart on this. Have a good night, everybody.